Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from Lighthouse Hockey and the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on this Sunday evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, um, this is going to be a tough one because in the last three days, uh, Islanders fans have experienced a lot. Uh, we saw a game in which we ended up being uh, excited, euphoric, hopeful, and uh, proud. And then we saw a game in which we ended up being sad, angry, dejected, um, you know, just all kinds of, of negative emotions. And, uh, and you were live in person for both of those events. Uh, so here we are hours after the Islanders lost in game four. Talk to me about what you're thinking. I know it's not good, but kind of if you can nail down specifically uh, wh- where your head is at right now, uh, tell me about it. The Islanders are fucked, but they're not done. <laughs> Which is kind of important to remember that they're, you know, it's not over yet. What's the point of kind of, I see a lot of people talking about, you know, we got to do this move and and re-sign this guy and try to get this guy out. And like, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have a ton of time to to sort through that stuff stuff in in maybe a couple days, maybe hopefully a couple weeks or months, but there's going to be a time for that. And Right now, it's not that time. It's there's, you know, it's Sunday night and they're off Monday, and then they play again Tuesday night, and they have to win three in a row. They have to beat the Carolina Hurricanes three times in a row. 
I would love to know. We'll have to ask Eric Hornick if, if that's ever happened <laughs> uh, with, with these two teams since they moved to Hart from Hartford. But um, yeah, that's the job. And like I said, they're, it's a big mountain climb, but it happens. Teams do come back for this, and uh, I don't feel good about their chances, but they're not done yet, and they're not. it's not like they're down 3 nothing and they got to win four in a row. They got to win three in a row, but in, in, in essence, really all they have to do is win a hockey game on Tuesday night. Yeah. Uh, and that what that does is it extends the series, gets it back to the UBS Arena for game six. And if they could find a way to do, you know, put some pressure on and, and maybe win two hockey games in a row, <laughs> it's game seven. So it's not like it's it's it sucks, but it's not over. Mm. And they've shown signs through the series that they can hang with this team if they kind of keep their heads. They've they've gotten I I think we do a pretty good job here of and as a fan base, honestly not getting too caught up in officiating and complaining about it. Cause there's just nothing right. you could do Yeah. after it happens. And I was we thinking saw- this mm-hmm. is our like 246th episode. And I think we've complained about refs in maybe 10 of them over the yeah. last eight years. I, w- <laughs> I would say there's probably, if you go back and you put all of our episodes together and you say the average episode is about 70 minutes, mm. there's probably one entire episode if you took all the time we spent complaining right. about refs there's probably one entire episode of where you can put it together and you'd get 70 total minutes <laughs> out of thousands and thousands uh and that's not just because of you and me i think it's because it's it doesn't really make for good right audio like who would want, people are going to listen to this monday and monday night tuesday whatever they listen to it who's going to want to listen to Two people just bitch about Wes McCauley from 48 <laughs> hours ago. Uh, I, I honestly don't even remember most of the time who the ref even is, which just goes to get just right to your point. It was impossible to, to, to forget tonight. but No, absolutely right. Uh, but yeah, I, the Islanders have not had the rub of the luck. They've had a really bad whistle. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I said it on the show, but I was definitely talking about it with people before. I don't remember what we said exactly last episode, but everyone was like, "Yeah, they'll get they'll they'll get the makeup calls in Game Three, and you know, for the rest of the series, whatever." I was like, "That's not how it works with this team," and it's gone quite the opposite. So it's it's just gotten worse. And today was no different. They, but the difference between uh, what we saw, well, I mean, it's impossible to 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 tell because Game Two, a bad call ruined the like ended the game. But the Islanders had some bad calls go against them and then just abandoned their game plan which had been working yeah really well from for for game two and three even though they only won one of them and and parts of game game one as well like it was things were going well and that carried into the first few minutes of game four i mean the islanders came out shot out of a cannon uh and then a a bad call followed by a a call this you know a a trickle down effect because they're on a power or penalty kill and wouldn't have happened had the first call not got made. And then it was a gong show of a period. Uh, and you can really pick your or your poison with, with which was the worst call of the night. There's several uh, contenders. Maybe the Alex Romanov play where Jesper Foss stole his stick right in front of Wes Bacali was And then, like, was convinced that he had his stick. Meanwhile, he had Romanov's stick. And yeah. his stick was on the ground, on the ice, because it was, like, had the red he- tape on it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he dropped it right in front of Macaulay. Right. And yeah. like so anyways. Yeah. Uh and it was bad and it's been bad all series and the Islanders were not this time able to keep their cool. They abandoned ship and now put themselves in this hole and but like I said it's it's 3-1. That's not you have to win 4. Uh, I hate to say this. <laughs> Last year and this in this very round uh the Rangers and Penguins were in a playoff series where the Penguins were up 3-1. They were up in game 5, uh pretty late in the game and uh they the Rangers stormed back. Like it happens a couple times to play us. Mm. Teams come back from these 3-1 deficits and the only thing that this loss 100% guarantees is that your Sunday night and your Monday and your Monday night <laughs> and your Tuesday are all going to suck. And there's yeah. nothing you can say about it. And if you want to, to cope with it by being mad at the officiating, I think go right ahead. If you want to just be mad that the Islanders haven't really had a break, you can go ahead. For me, I'm just choosing to think that maybe there's some Hollywood dust in this <laughs> team yet. and. Lane Lambert taps Josh Bailey on the shoulder, and all of a sudden, the script writes itself, and this team storms back on because he gets reinserted into the lineup. But <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't, about, I wouldn't advise, I wouldn't advise going down that path. No, I thought about that because I'm like, here it comes, right? Bailey's potential last game as an Islander, but then I'm like, they're gonna take Fashing out of the lineup? No, they're not gonna take any of the fourth liners out. No, they're gonna take Parisi out. No, like so. I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, I would not be surprised to see something. I don't know, because this team, you know, is one game away from elimination. But I think, you know, there's a reason and we'll, we'll break down both games in a second. But like, there's a reason to think that they have a chance to win this game on Tuesday. And that is because for honestly, three games now, the Islanders have been the better team. Like they were the better team in game two. They lost on a you know non call. Scott Mayfield argued it. The whole thing, the whole play went to hell. And Jesper Faust scores. Okay, so there's that. But again, they played well, so you knew okay they can play with these guys. Game three, five one Islanders win. They outplayed them a lot. They yes, okay, fine. They needed four goals in an NHL record two minutes and eighteen seconds span to you know get to that final result. But the Islanders had outplayed the Hurricanes for the entire game, and it just. Yep. They weren't quite falling for the puck wasn't quite falling for them until it did. And then it kept falling and falling and falling and it worked out today. If you look at the, uh, or I should say for game four, if you look at the underlying numbers, the Islanders again had the advantage in, in Corsi and expected goals. They had the even amount of high danger chances. Like they just didn't execute because they were very sloppy and very undisciplined. And that translated into penalties, which then translated into two power play goals for the Hurricanes and just really just a sense of being very um, out of sync. And yeah. and this is to get back to what you were talking about before, the story of this game. Yeah, okay, fine. It's it's the special teams that obviously the Islanders were very terrible or terrible in the power play. We've talked about this a million times. Carolina had eight penalty minutes in this game, in game four to the Islanders, 22. So they got called, they got whistled for a lot more power plays. I think it was seven or eight to three, all, to, all things considered. And it all started with that goaltender interference penalty on Zach Parisi about three or four minutes into the game. The Islanders had come out flying. They had all the shots early. Parisi gets whistled for a goaltender interference penalty, even though Jaden Chatfield is pushing him into Antiranta. And this, and then 
a minute later, Ryan Pollock get, gets called for a penalty for, I guess it was boarding because he ran um, somebody into the boards. Uh, and that was it. They scored, obviously. Uh, that was uh, Seth Jarvis. Puck kind of scored it to him. And he scores. And that was it. Like, we can go through the other goals. But, like, ultimately, this is where the game was lost because the Islanders completely lost sense of what they were supposed to do. The end of the period, Matt Martin gets a, a takes a dumb penalty for pushing somebody in the back. They open up period two with another goal. And again, it's the same thing. It's early. They're already down. And the Islanders just never really got on track. And uh, I just, you know, again, we don't, like Mike said, we don't complain that much about refs here. But today's first period, the first half of this game was a ref show. And it really was. And it was just, nobody knows what goaltender interference is. And I'm sorry. if, If I see a guy fall into a goalie and there's another guy on the goalie's team standing right in front of him, pushing him into the goalie, that's not goalie interference. Like, that. I'm just sorry. I'm sorry he landed on you, Auntie Ranta. That's ridiculous. And, but nobody knows what goalie interference means anymore, so it's goalie interference. And, and it's just – I'm, I'm just so mad that, you know, if you're the, if you're the ref, I understand the, the idea of, like, call a penalty early, make sure everybody knows that there's no shenanigans going to happen tonight. Yeah, I know you guys hate each other, but let's keep it on level. Calling that penalty at that moment – basically guaranteed shenanigans for the first half of the game. <laughs> like the first, like you said, the first period was a gong show. It was ridiculous. And it was all set up because of that penalty. And then to call another one right after it, that leads to a goal. What do you think is going to happen? Like, what yeah. do you think is going to happen at that point? So congratulations. You've lost control of a game that because you tried to control a game. That's those first three minutes, man. It was, it was yeah. buzzing. And, and I actually, I'm, my seats are behind the goal that that happened at. So I'm uh, in, in, in the three hundreds and I'm, and I, saw when Wes McCauley's arm went up it went up late and I was like oh he's gonna get Chatfield that's right. a great call because he just got <laughs> shoved into you know the goal and whoops I was you know wrong yeah. and then yeah the Polak hit and uh, it just devolved from there and it it just turned it, it it's so funny that for so long we've heard about how this league doesn't do a good job of like calling the rule book and protecting its stars. We need to call more, call the rule book, call the rule book, whatever. And then you watch a game like that. And who on earth (laughs) thinks that kind of stuff where the refs do. And I, and I know he, they didn't call the rule book because they made bad calls. But the the point that these people are trying to say is they want more power plays. Yeah. And, and whatever. And, and, and then they, they get it and you watch that game. And I don't know who, who out there thinks that a game like that where there's 16 minutes of, of power play time for one team and you know, eight or whatever for, for another, that's almost half the game. The first period took almost an hour. Like it was just, it, it was a slog. It was, it was and it, it was not fun to watch or be at or any, like, like the whole, the whole like life of the, the, the game was just like absolutely sapped right away. And, uh, there was no rhythm to it. It 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 really felt like uh like you feel like a little almost betrayed by it. But um, then the Islanders p- played into it like that yeah. that penalty. I haven't still haven't seen that Martin's play, but I just know from hearing from people that it was really not smart. And right, uh, we should say that like complaining about the refs, particularly in the first half of the game does not absolve the Islanders from playing poorly, which they kind of did. Like they didn't, you know, they, yes, they outplayed the hurricanes, but like they made a ton of mistakes, um, both kind of careless and accidental. Basically again, Jarvis, you know, the puck squirted to him. What are you going to do? 
um, the final goal or one of the final goals, Alex Romanov went to shoot, you know, right up down or dump it in at least. I don't know where his brain went. It just sort of shut off midway through the shot, ends up being a breakaway goal uh, for Seth Jarvis. So, like, the Islanders didn't didn't do themselves any favors in this game. But, yeah, I think I think those penalties contributed to that. And they just never recovered. They just yeah, never they got re- rattled and never recovered. Yeah. And um, I thought it was a pretty, you know, poor, as much as I could see, like, poorly coached game, too, because yeah. uh, you're down you're down what two nothing and then three nothing and clearly there's there's just something's not clicking with the team uh and you're in a huge spot you know it's not a not a uh an elimination game but it's pretty damn close right and just change it change it up and and it took till what the the four nothing goal for for Matt Barzell to be flipped to Pajot and Fashing and mm. You, you, it's okay. Like we we've talked so much about how good the the Parisi Palmieri, uh, I mean, excuse me, the Nelson Palmieri Angval line's been, but at some point, you, if if you need to, you know, break the glass and and move <laughs> those guys around, yeah, what better time to do it than when your team has its back against the wall in a game where they have their back against the wall, right? Like, do something, and and there was there's none of that, and. The Islanders score a power play goal in in game three that ends up being the decisive goal. Mm. And how did they do it? It was the second unit. It was a flipped shot by Ajo, and Palmieri got a tip on it. Mm. And the power play tonight, from the get-go, once again, looked terrible. And instead of just being like, you know what, just let's switch it up and, and just go with this these the second unit because... Our last two power play goals, the only two power plays goals this team has scored in months, it feels like, and I think it might actually be true, uh, have been a Sebastian Ajo wrist shot from the point and then a tip from one from Lee and one from Palmieri. Like, it's not, it, it's okay to to, to adjust and, and change things up on the fly before uh, before it's truly a nightmare. Like you don't have to wait for your, your your team to be down three or four goals to now jumble things up, and 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 I'm sure we're going to hear all about some lineup changes. Oh, are there going to be lineup changes? Yeah, we're thinking about some. Yeah, like for before game five, the time to do it was was already already has come and gone, and and now you're being reactive rather than proactive, which has been a kind of a a hallmark of this season for when things have gone awry for the Islanders. But um, yeah, like you said, like. What's so frustrating here is that the Islanders have, as you as you put well, it, they've they've been right there. The series was there for the taking. The, the the Hurricanes don't have the the firepower to just blow the Islanders away, and it's clear that they can hang around and and yeah. and, and get the find a breakthrough, and the Islanders can can win can win games in the series, but they. It handed it over, which is what's making it so upsetting because a couple of weeks ago I would have said, you know what, if they get into the playoffs after all we've been through this season, I'll just maybe I can just be happy. And and that's always being dishonest with yourself because once you get into the moment, you become a prisoner of the moment and whatever. But now I'm I'm almost at the point where if the Islanders just, you know, go go meekly on on Tuesday night, I'd have a I'd have a pretty tough time with it because it was there. Uh, for them and and they've had uh, some some really good performances in the series 
from from Ryan Pollock has been really good. Palmieri's been great. Uh, I think you know Sorokin's game three showing was was quietly awesome. Mm. Suzikas was so good on, in game three, and uh, but like the, the rest of the guys, and and I guess this is a good time to, to talk about that top line is like if they go meekly, and and now you have to sit for six months and think about Jesus Christ, can we count on yeah Barzelli and Horvat to be a they don't even have to be aligned, but like just. Mm-hmm. And Barzell's a different conversation, obviously, because he's been hurt. But like Lee and Horvat, just you're going to start hearing, you know, murmurs about those two guys off for six months. And like, I don't want to deal with that. I want these guys to yeah. to fight their way back because, you know, we talked about him already. Like, like, think about Josh Bailey. This is probably it for Josh Bailey, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> writing is on the wall for him. So. Who knows about Parisi? You know, even mm-hmm. someone like Simeon Varlamov. Like, there are guys, Clutterbuck, Mayfield, uh, Mayfield. Like, they, this is it. Like. Yeah. If you if these guys go meekly on Tuesday night with those guys, Islander careers and careers kind of on the line, that would just it would be so upsetting. So I'm choosing to trust that they won't, yeah. and that that you know this they have the goalie still, and that that should hopefully show up in, <laughs> in Game Five. But uh, I'm choosing to, to to think the other way. But the the opposite is the you know if, if things go dark, it's it's going to be really hard to kind of come to terms with. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you can make the case that Sorokin has been just okay in this series. I don't think too many of the goals today were really on him, particularly like the first three, you know, I mean the, uh, the, the five on three goal, like, what are you going to do? Like it just happens again, the puck scored it to Seth Jarvis and he was right there. The, the two on one Aho goal, like those really, you can't really fault Sorokin on it. Even the Jarvis breakaway, like you can't really fault him too much on that. Uh, we talked about him in game two; wasn't really that great. Um, but yeah, he's um, giving us like yeah, game one and game three where he was splendid. Yeah, it's just splendid. And then you know games two and four, he was what you, you know you'd expect out of uh, you know name a name a starting goalie in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, <laughs> average. It's totally almost fine. like what you'd Antiranta. Right. Ranta. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, and and again. You know, this I'm saying this knowing full well that the Islanders wouldn't even be even in the same zip code as the playoffs without Ilya Sorokin. I mean, we we have to acknowledge that, right? But you know, and and maybe it's it's coming up. Maybe you know, a guy played 60 games this year. Like maybe he's he needs a break. I don't know, but you know, they haven't played. They didn't play Varlamov that much. He didn't get those breaks, and they got to the playoffs. And Sorokin has been kind of human for the most part, which is kind of crazy. But um, that first line, though. I, I got it. You know, you bring them up, and I, it's just. I was thinking today. I don't see any chemistry in this line whatsoever. Right now, that line: Lee, Horvat, Barzell. Individually, they're all good players. As a line, these guys have no clue what anybody is doing on that line. They're just three individuals out there. You know, uh, Kevin Kurz wrote a, a recap. You know, of, of Game Four and called out Barzell and, and uh, Horvat specifically. Now, Horvat did score in this game. He's the guy who made it 5-2, so I guess, you know, there's that. And then Barzell had that goal in game two that uh, ultimately, while they lost, uh, you know, sparked is tied the game. Like, it was a beautiful goal, but he hasn't had a point since. You know, Lee, not for nothing, not to, you know, we love Anders Lee, but again, he's the guy who scored the five, the fifth goal in the 5-1 game. So I don't know how he gets a pass when he did exactly what Horvat did just in a win. Like I just, to me, that's kind of nonsense. All three of these guys, again, for whatever individual strengths they have, 
have not gelled as a line at all. And right now, the only line that's really working for this Islanders team is Nelson, Palmieri, and Engvall, right? And even them, you know, they're they're not they're having trouble getting open. Right. They're not being as they're not being so dominant that you can't you can be like anymore. You can be like we exactly. can't go near this guy. Right. These the book is out, out apparently on Engvall because they've been all over him in, in all these games now. Even the Peugeot Parisi line fashion, like they're just not generating anything. Like they're out there, they're they can forecheck a little bit, but they're just not generating anything. And then the fourth line is out hitting. That's all they're doing. Like and and that's fine, but like they're not producing anything offensively whatsoever. Again, Matt Martin had the third goal in that that went on on Friday. So there's very little chemistry happening here. And, you know, that's how the Islanders have played all year. So it's not like it's a surprise, but boy, like you're just, you're just looking at, and another thing I was thinking about today too, while I was thinking about the, the top line, having no chemistry, if you go man for man, line for line with these two teams, right. As even if the hurricanes had Sveshnikov and Tara Vinen, who who aren't playing in the series, is there that much of a talent no. difference between these two teams? Like, I don't think there really is. And again, it gets back to what you were saying before. Like the Islanders, it's right there for them. And they're just letting it slip away with undisciplined penalties, absolutely terrible special teams, and just not making anything out of whatever zone time they get. They just, they, they get into the other zone and they just don't do anything. And then it goes back the other way. And that's, that's what the Hurricanes do. They, they steal from you. They go back the other way. And sometimes, most of the time that doesn't, doesn't even happen. In fact, before today's game, they they only had three even strength goals in the first three games. Like all their goals had come on the power play. And so you thought to yourself, man, if, if the Islanders could get some some goals here they and stay out of the box, they could win these games walking away. But they don't. They haven't. They're too busy doing whatever it is that they do that has gotten them to this point, which is, you know, works to a degree. But you're seeing a di- the difference between a structured mostly disciplined team that has a questionable amount of talent versus an unstructured kind of undisciplined haphazard team that has a questionable amount of talent. Yep. And right now one of those teams is up three games to one. <laughs> I think part of it is like just not getting any breaks for sure. Like right. Throws that can just throw a team for a loop when, when that happens. But sure. Even, even in the, you know, the moments where the game kind of settles down, uh, the, the hurricanes, they've had they've been outplayed for chunks of this series and they still are so disciplined in their game that you're you're thinking you know what what on earth can you do to get this team rattled and and i guess the answer was you got to score four goals in two and a half minutes hmm. and, and that'll do it that'll do the trick but uh like they they win they're in the right spot basically for everything because because they just don't stop moving and the man-to-man defense swarms and hmm. They win every 50-50 puck. I mean, a puck, the pucks yes. is when the pucks are just bouncing around. Yeah, you know how many times have we watched like Noah Noah Dobson and Scott Mayfield this season just swat at pucks that like are cleared yeah. the zone and and they're like half half hearted like take a swat at it to keep it in and it, it misses and it ends up bouncing. Barzell swatted at a puck on one wall, came all the way around, went to some hurricane, and then started a a basically a minute and a half long shift inside the Islanders zone. Yep. With with uh, I think it was Pelican Dobson. I might be wrong. Already on the ice for thirty seconds at that point, so they were on for two full minutes because Barzell just blindly threw the puck on the other side of the the zone, and it just went to a hurricane. Because of course it did, because <laughs> it, it always does. Yeah, the, the puck just finds it, and and like the yeah. puck will be bouncing around, and they'll glove it down and and win the battle after that. And 
they they are incredibly good in like the little chaotic moments of a hockey game which happen a yes. hundred times a game like every <laughs> every minute there's two or three battles or the pucks in front of the net and a hurricane will just slowly scoop it up and skate yeah. out with it and uh they just they they trust themselves to be able to do that well enough that they'll just play a zero zero game until you make a stupid mistake and the islanders were doing a pretty good job of not doing that uh for for a while for for most of game you know second half of game one most of game two game three and then they just uh, stopped and it wasn't it, it was frustrating because you that matt martin play was so kind of yeah. indicative of how things went tonight yeah uh because you went into game four after that game three rousing victory you went into game four being like you know what this is why we love these guys because they they really they they play this muck it up ugly physical game but they never they never you know they color inside the lines they always color inside the lines they never get taken out of it and that play looks straight out of 2012 matt martin right like Mm. a guy who who you see it you're like this guy can if he can just find a way to stay within you know the script of the game he'll he'll be very effective but something too often he would uh he would venture off and and those teams were terrible so you couldn't really blame him for doing so but but now like he's whatever however old he's been and he is now and been with the team for so long and uh he makes that mistake and it ends up you you the whole intermission we were talking i was talking with people in the the concourse and the whole time we were talking like it was oh it's only one nothing one nothing but in my head i was like it's not one nothing it's two nothing the islanders never kill off penalties like this where (laughs) it's either a a wraparound penalty or one right after uh but even and at it, two nothing, I wasn't all that bent out of shape about it because I kept thinking to myself, okay, they've screwed around. They've screwed around for a period and a half. The refs had it in for them in that first period. By the way, they stopped calling penalties halfway through the game. Yeah. So like whatever again, whatever message the refs wanted to send early in the game resulted in a a complete gong show. B absolutely nothing happening for the rest of the game. I guess that's how it's supposed to work. But uh. But yeah, I thought they were going to pull it together and they just never did. Like the whole second period was like nothing. They just didn't do anything. They had the puck. They just didn't do anything with it. I, I can't really remember any, any, there was one play. Actually it was Matt Martin. There was like one, I think grade a chance in, in it was the first period where the puck just found him bounce, weird bounce and like found him in the slot. Yeah. And from that point on, like, I don't remember anything in, in the second after that, that play was in the first. And then from then on, like in the second, I don't remember any, the Islanders getting anything. Uh, right. and I don't, there was like no memorable, um, plays where I was like, you know, if that, if that chance was converted whatever, there was, story. um, I think fashing might've had a couple of shots. I think there was one where like it squirted across the crease and it just, he, he could have swiped at it yeah. and he couldn't. Uh, and then there was a couple of jam plays where the puck just never, it never got forced underneath Ronta. Like it just yep. didn't make, Oh, and, um, Somebody had a breakaway too, didn't they? Or maybe not. Maybe Pajot or somebody or maybe a partial break. But yeah, it was um yeah, no, they just didn't do anything with the time that that they had. Yep. And you know And they spent all game three physically imposing themselves. Yeah. And then after the boarding call on Pollock, that just kinda went away. Yeah. And I don't know if it was because they were worried that, oh like if we touch these guys, right, we're we're gonna get called and they, whatever. And then the, the, I mean the the embellishment call on Barzell. Like it, it, oh, I, yeah. I really like they were, 
because of how weird the the calls ended up being, mm. and uh, whereas the the calls against the Hurricanes were about as straightforward as you could get, Jesperi Kokadiemi ice picks Pierre Engvall in the face. Uh, <laughs> that's a pretty easy one to make. And, and well, he kind of slapped him in the face. Yeah, like, it was weird. I, yeah, very strange play. Yeah. Um, and that so that like there's that play and you know the mm. the, the the way the game was officiated and and kind of just broke out. Mm. I think just threw everybody for a loop, including yeah. the, like the fans. There it was just like, yeah, what are, what is going on here? And now they made a point on the broadcast. Sorry, they made a point on the broadcast that the Islanders had 16 hits in the first period, and then I think five or maybe eight the rest of the way. Yeah, because like, probably because exactly what you're talking about. Like they just didn't. They just stopped basically. And and Parisi made a good point. It was just like you can you can talk about the officiating all you want, but sometimes you just got to beat it. And they didn't do it. And I think that to a man, that was everybody. That was no no matter who you want to point to tonight, whether it's the guys wearing the suits in, behind the net, uh, behind the bench, the guys playing uh, skating, like everybody was was part of it. And it it makes you a little, you know, that makes you a little nervous for, for Tuesday. Yeah. The only thing I'll say is that, like, as we've learned in these playoffs and every playoffs we get reminded of this, like teams just get counted out. Like the Devils the other night, they showed yeah. absolutely no signs of being able to be in the series with the Rangers. None. They got absolutely manhandled by the Rangers uh, at the guard uh, at the at the Rock, mm. and everybody was kind of like, "Well, that was cute, cute little season for the Devils. They'll learn. They'll learn from this, and we'll see them uh, next season." And they played a really mature game against the the Rangers. Where you just you can't make mistakes against the Rangers, and and they didn't really do that. And they 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 ended up winning and you know that this is kind of how the the playoffs go like there's just you it sucks being down 3-1 and it sucked being down 2 nothing like this for the majority of the series like the islanders fans have just lived in this universe of 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 misery uh <laughs> and and the only way that they can get pulled out is if the team wins and unfortunately the team it's impossible for the team to win for another 48 hours so it, i you, you live in these things but in in the you're gonna live in the darkness for a little while here, but just just because like they they looked like shit on Sunday doesn't mean they're just gonna come out and yeah. uh, do the same on on Tuesday. And you know, hopefully the game is just more normal because when the games have been normally played, the Islanders have been better. Like when when things when Ryan Pollock's not getting called for a, a slash because he saved a goal and uh, <laughs> Stefan Nason right. hits his stick against the post so it looks like he broke it and mm. when you know scott mayfield gets high sticked in the face like when sebastian aho foul balls it into his own net like when when the game has looked as normal the islanders have been fine and now it's just gonna they, they just need a little they need a little bit of a you know bit it's not a miracle but they're getting it's 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 somewhere halfway to a halfway between like a, a miracle i guess like it's it's not likely but it's possible and like what what else are you going to do like just you can say it's over and 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 feel bad about yourself and then when tuesday comes and they if they lose like be like told you it was over like yeah but or you could just choose to be like if they win on tuesday they're back and hopefully they they can catch some breaks and Mm. i I mean i don't know it's just yeah this is where the uh the one game at a time thing really yeah really kind of becomes a thing because again if they win tuesday okay then then we move on to the next thing um, and, and again, you know, it's funny because I, I came into today's game oddly confident, which was probably my fault. Cause whenever I am, I feel that way 
they tend to lose. But again, I'm oddly confident that they're going to, like you said, they, they know what's going on, but I just, I don't know. It's funny. Cause I've, I've heard that the players are stubborn and I've also heard that the coaches are stubborn. Something is going to have to give. Somebody's going to have to figure out a way to score some goals. Cause it's just, it's not working. Like I just, and, and the power play thing, I just, I can't even, I can't even wrap my mind around it at this point. It's so awful and so unspeakable. And it's it's not even that they don't score. It's that it actually takes momentum from them. Yeah. That's the worst part of it. They get a power play. They they screw it up. And then they're completely off the rails for the next couple of minutes. And then the other team might score. Like, it's just, it's unbelievable that I've never, we've seen Islanders teams have bad power plays before. But usually the yeah. bad power play happens and then they're, okay, well, whatever. And then just go on. But like, right. This is just really it's, it's 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 depressing. Like it's really awful. It is it is depressing. Like that's the that's the worst part of this whole kind of yeah heinous refereeing is that <laughs> okay right. what what's the, what 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 would be different if these calls <laughs> I'm mad about the calls that have been that were called on the Hurricanes because they were bad calls and you know I don't want to, the Hurricanes are scoring on the power play mm. whereas uh, once again still a little ticked at Brendan Burke for trashing the, the hurricanes power play before their first opportunity of the series only to watch them go, two what do they got five, five five power play goals or whatever it is now right thanks brendan um the uh but i'm i'm mad about those calls and i'm like i'm almost like kind of apathetic about the islanders t- i'm like, like the romanov play the mm. i'm like whatever and like the, when barzell got hit uh and they called the embellishment i was like yeah yeah do i really want to see this power play go five on three and give up a shorthand a goal like richard park three on five style i don't know <laughs> uh but yeah i've never seen this this is this is actively tanking a season with right. the power play because usually when you have a bad power play it, it almost you know when you look at the list you're like okay that that correlates the philadelphia flyers are the worst power play because sure. yeah, the the philadelphia flyers yeah. Are bad. yeah like <laughs> and then and the, with the islanders the the gap between the islanders and their power play like they're they're five on five they're right their goaltending, their penalty kill, kind of everything else about them, the gap between their power play and, and all, the rest of the stuff is so wide yeah. that I, I honestly don't know how somebody like Casey Zizekas doesn't like grab Noah Dobson or, or Matt yeah. Barzell or someone by like the scruff of their neck in, in the mm-hmm. locker room and just pummel them and be like, what? It, yeah. and, and say, I love you, buddy, but you deserve this. Yeah. Like, this is, this is, this is sad. And, it's never showing it's never shown a sign of uh sometimes you have those power plays where they like flip like okay that was an okay power play but at least they they generated stuff there's some momentum going they can they've got them on the ropes a little bit and maybe they could seize on that yeah those don't even show up so tonight was there was a power play late in the second when they were down two nothing i believe or three nothing and the I you know wanted to see what the, the call was like or whatever, so I opened up Twitter and I was like, the last thing I need to see is somebody say if the Islanders ever needed a power play goal, this you know this would be the time. <laughs> and not only did I see it on Twitter, but like I heard it all around this you know oh, the section I was sitting in, and yeah, because they haven't scored one of those. Yeah, like the you could say the league goal against the Canadians, sure, but they were already ahead in that game and they just needed a point to get in the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, but they just haven't had it, and it's. It, almost like officiating too. Like I don't want to just sit here and complain about a power play because I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what's wrong with it. Like I don't, I, I, I can't sit there and watch this the film and say, you know, they're running this this one three one and they should be running a, a two two one and 
this guy should be the net front guy and Palmieri mm-hmm. should go and I don't know. I don't know what would work, but, and, and, and uh, me complaining about it, it's not going to fix it. But at the same time, you, you have to complain about it because it's so bizarre. Yeah. And if you don't, it's, uh, which is kind of where the, the same universe that the officiating in this series has been in. We're not, I'm not uh, complaining about it because it's been bad because that happens and I can live with it. I'm complaining about the, the officiating because it's been bizarre. Yeah. Like almost like we're being gaslit, <laughs> uh, and I feel the same way about the power play, which is why I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I can live with myself complaining, spending time, mm. not only my time and your time, but our, our listeners' times complaining about these things because it's it's in the realm of bizarre rather than just bad, yeah. uh, yeah. and it makes no sense, and they need to fix it. And this is kind of where I'm going with the coaching, being a little ticked at how this this series has been coached a little bit that. Uh, there's been no remember they had that whole thing before game two. Oh, we changed up a few things on the power play that yeah. they of course got no power plays and then game three and four come along and what right. the hell did you switch? Yeah. Nothing. It just looks exactly the same. It's I exactly. exactly yeah. And yeah. yeah. So yeah, there. Yeah. I guess bizarre is a good word. Inexplicable is a good word. Just, just, uh, just unconscionable really like it's how how are we in the nhl and this is happening and you know i mean you know, i'm i'm the first one to say why is nobody standing in front of the goalie when this is happening why are the same guys taking the same shots from the same spots every single time that to me is kind of what the problem is but again like you know i'm not, I'm not an expert but it's just it's not right and, and it's just it's it's sapping the islanders of whatever momentum they ever have at any point and it's never good. And before we get to the break, another thing that that's been coming up lately is that, and I, I'm sure I got the number wrong, but it doesn't matter. Have the Islanders gone 24 or 25 straight playoff games without yeah. having a lead after the first period? Is that is that yeah. correct? It's something like that. It was 22 a couple of games ago. Yeah, it's 24 so. now. And 24. I was on the phone with uh, with Usher Maddie. I was just driving to the game today, and we were trying to figure out if that's. It is true, and and uh, when it that must mean it started. And what's when did it start? And and the Islanders' record during that time must be like pretty good. Sure, <laughs> like, but it's I, like you're telling me this team in 22 straight playoff games has not left the first period with a lead. Yeah, that's insane. That means like I'm sure some of them were zero zero, obviously, but like, come on, really? And, like it's just you're putting yourself at a disadvantage, and they do it all the time whether it's the power play whether it's just five on five penalties they just put themselves at a disadvantage all the time and if they stopped doing that stop hitting yourself stop hitting yourself it might be pretty good but and it's it's it kind of relates to the power play a little bit or, or a similar kind of feel to it was it's so hard to do that it's very hard to not just accidentally be right. up one nothing after the first period just like it's really hard to not just accidentally score two power play goals in a game <laughs> once it's really hard right this is a sport where it's it's all accidents it's just you, you drop a puck and then accidents just happen all over the place on ice hmm. and whether the islanders are in this in this strange kind of existence where since the dynasty or you know basically most of my lifetime the accidents very rarely break their way right and the more that they don't the less you believe they ever will because it there's no there's no evening out of the stars here like 
the Islanders are not a team where, oh, they, you know, they, they went over 11 on the power play the past two games. They're due. The Islanders are never due. Like they're just <laughs> never, ever, ever due. It usually is the opposite. It's, it's it, these trends for most teams. You feel like at some point they just break and, you know, team shooting percentage is like 3% for a month. And you're like, okay, they're going to obviously bust out of it. Mm. The Islanders score one goal for like, one or two goals for 11 straight games in a row. You're like, no, it's not going to ever, they're not going to have a breakout performance. Mm. They're the Islanders. They're never due. Uh, and that's, it drives you nuts. You, you walk into the concourse after giving up a shorthanded goal in a game you're dominating because the power play's just been offensively tanking <laughs> your season. And you walk out and you see your buddies and everyone's mad because they think the same, they thought the same thing. We got a power play. Just please don't give up a shorthanded goal. And you couldn't even do that. And, and like, that's the same thing with everything with this team in, in most, for most of my life. It's, you couldn't, you know, you, you couldn't just get a first period lead. You couldn't just send us into the concourse happy right. once here, like in, in, in tonight or whatever the other, Friday night, like, no, right. it's yeah. One, nothing like today's game is the best you can hope for. And it yeah. ends up being a five. Think about how the, 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 <laughs> the, the hurricanes got their one, nothing lead right into the intermission. They, they got a terrible call going their way right. and then went on a five and three scored and then got outplayed, but held on. Yeah. The Islanders haven't been able to do that in 23 straight playoff. Like how? <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, but like it's, I'm just in such a weird spot here, yeah. Because I'm as I'm mad thinking about the game, and I'm sad thinking about that. You know, the Islanders have been on the brink so often this season. Yeah, uh, we've we've really scared stared down finality with this team <laughs> plenty of times. Whether it was, uh, you know, that even you could think about that Anaheim Ducks game, right? Like they lost to the yeah. Kings the night before. You know, like if they don't get two points here, this season's done. Because mm. coming back from this road trip, and it would have been, it would have been, yeah. uh, if they didn't win that game, uh, when the way things shook out, and they go down in that game, and you're just like, I, I remember just walking around my house in the intermission, thinking to myself, like, this is, yeah. this is it. This is the Islanders went away, they went to the West Coast, and now I have to say goodbye to Josh Bailey and perhaps Cal Clutterbuck and these guys that I love and whatever, and 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 they got off the mat, and then. They lose to Washington, and you spend the next days, the next twenty four hours, thinking, "Yeah, wow, like that's it. These guys just they they couldn't they couldn't muster up enough to get back into the playoffs." Yeah, uh, and and now I got to say goodbye to Josh Bailey and and Jack, Zach Parisi <laughs> might never play a playoff game for the Islanders, and 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 now we're doing it again, and I'm just hoping that the the theme of Every time they've stared into the abyss here, they've been able to find a way. I'm I'm yeah. trying to comfort myself with that. Um but <laughs> this time I just yeah. you know, you just it 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 feels tough because it tr- like it's it. Like if the final horns blows on, on Tuesday night and the Islanders have less goals than the Carolina Hurricanes, you know, you are saying goodbye to likely saying goodbye to Josh Bailey. So I'm yeah. trying to like think about the one the one game at a time ethos uh that we've been taught by this team over the years 
but at the same time, it's really hard not to look beyond that one game and, and think about how sad it would be. Mm. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a lot to think about. All right, well, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, talk a little bit more about about game uh, five and, uh, you know, what, what we kind of think is going to happen. And then uh, we actually have a, a little bit of praise for the Islanders to talk about uh, during that that uh, very tiny gap right <laughs> after game, game three when uh, everybody was like, yeah, these guys aren't so bad. So we'll look at that, too. Uh, if you want to hear this podcast without the obtrusive interruptions that you're about to hear, head on over to patreon.com slash Islanders Anxiety. Sign up for one of our subscription tiers this week, probably Tuesday morning. I know it's not the best time to hear it, but we're going to be putting out our Country Club Atmosphere non-hockey podcast. Hey, maybe it's a good palate cleanser for you. So that's one of the perks you get for signing up for our Country Club tier. You hear our Country Club Atmosphere podcast. Uh, but either tier will get you ad-free episodes. We'll get you discount codes and uh, bonus content, all kinds of stuff. So check that out. And uh, we'll be back on the other side. All right, thanks. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now a word from our favorite sponsors. First is always VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, jerseys, and more featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor and the Island merch, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. If you spend $50 or more, use the code 4CUPS, that's F-O-U-R-C-U-P-S, to get a free The Island coffee mug or pint glass or an Islander's Anxiety puck. And that is at VintageIceHockey.com. Uh, try wines from the Pinot Project. They offer a rosé, a Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All of them are delicious, priced at less than $15 a bottle, and are available at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Learn more at thepinoproject.com. Please drink responsibly. Uh, okay, so we we started talking about it before the break, but you know, Game Five is going to be 
surely uh, a referendum on everything the Islanders are. <laughs> if they win, then it's the little team that you know won't go away. And if they lose, well, they just weren't that good anyway. Um, <laughs> this is a kind of a dumb question, but just to kind of throw it to you, like, what do, what do you think is going to happen? Like, what do you think is the most likely case here? We talked about how this is a team that that has hit rock bottom literally weekly all season long. So it's probably that they probably will get up off the mat again. But again, hope is really kind of running, running low here after, after today's performance. Um, I don't know. What, what do you foresee happening down in Raleigh on Tuesday? I, I feel weird about it because like I can totally, you can totally just see them playing a great game, winning it, extending the series to at least Friday. And that's all I'm asking. Like that's, I think that's all anyone, you know, just win a hockey game, beat right. these guys at home, please. Because <laughs> what, what really matters here is that the, the Islanders kind of prove to the fan base that the playoff experience at UBS arena is great. Uh, the, the, the game Friday, Friday's, atmosphere was terrific sure the buzz going into sunday uh, before the parisi call was awesome and i I, like to me islander playoff games are kind of like this weird family reunion from the insane asylum Mm. it's like you know all your crazy islander friends Mm. who you grew up with and you're friends with them on some point because the islanders were one of the first things you realized you had in common and you looked at each other like (laughs) Almost like a World War One soldier, you know, in like a bar in like mm. you know, Devon, England, or something in like 1926. You're like, oh, yeah, you were there. Like I was there too. And and right. just from that moment, you have a connection with people, and uh, the rest of your lives kind of go different directions. And you might not see them for years at a time, <laughs> uh, which is the case with with some some people I ran into on on Friday night. Like you might not see them for a while, and like everyone's lives changed and. People go off, get jobs in different parts mm. of the country or you, you, people have families and whatever. And you, you go through the, the whole life experience and uh, and then you meet when the Islanders get to the playoffs because this is something that we've learned, especially my generation of Islander friend, fan uh, and yours too, like the, the kind of post-dynasty group of, of people uh, mm. were we we've learned that playoff appearances are never to be taken for granted seriously and when you get them you do your best to make the most of them and and you enjoy them and however that is whether that's you watching games at home or or going to a bar or just you know the the kind of excitement you have from the moment you wake up texting and talking about the game and whatever and seeing the pictures of Zach Parisi getting off a coach bus with a coffee in his hand and sending it to your friends. Like I just noticed that Bo Horvat was number one on the athletics uh, fit list or whatever it is, getting off the bus in a, in an exquisitely tailored checkered suit with a coffee. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, t- you send those pictures around and yeah. Uh, and this family reunion of, of, of all your, your, the craziest people in your life. And uh, for, for, for me, like a Friday after on Friday afternoon, I was just standing. I found this bench like right outside uh, mm. the doors into Belmont, the racetrack, and it was in between where uh, 
the the path from Emerald Lot where the trains drop people off and the arena. And it's a great spot just to like pick people off that where, you know, you, I saw so many people from different parts of my life just making that walk and they would just stop and we just <laughs> were drinking and having pizza by that bench. And that's funny. And so this is like what I'm talking about with game five is, you know, I, I don't take playoff games for granted and I don't take those experiences for granted, uh, seeing these people uh, for granted. And I want to see them again. And I want to, you know, walk into the arena with them and, you know, shake their hands as the game's about to start and say, all right, go get them. And we'll, you know, hopefully we'll see each other afterwards and have a smile on your face. But like now it's up to the, the Islanders need to win a game. They need to earn, earn, earn us that right to have that experience again. And, uh, you know, not getting another one would be really tough, mm. uh, because not only does it mean you, at the very least you're waiting a whole year for that opportunity again, but you don't even know, like who knows? We, th- yeah. we all thought the Islanders were going to cruise into the playoffs last year. And, but then their, their world was rocked by mm. forces of nature, which you think <laughs> at some point the breaks would start breaking. Th- that goes back to my point about their due. The Islanders were very due for good, you know, some, a, a season of good breaks after what we saw last year. And it didn't come, but uh, yeah, they have to earn us that right, that, that right to, to, to meet at that bench and, and see all the, the friends of mine that, that have that emptiness in their eyes because, you know, they, they watched Darcy Tucker blow Michael Pekka's ACL into, <laughs> into the sky. And they saw the Brendan Witt score a goal that got taken away against Ryan Miller and mm. Yanni fucking Gord score <laughs> shorthanded goal. And yeah. the only shorthanded goal the Islanders gave up that entire season ends it. Yeah, uh, they have that pain in their eye, and I love seeing them and 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 you know just talking about the the battle wounds that we've uh, amassed over the years over a slice of pizza under this like concrete walkway in the middle of Elmont <laughs> uh, before going in and screaming our heads off at uh, Jalen Chatfield and <laughs> Derek Stepan. I mean, this whole podcast endeavor that we have created here over the last eight years is basically people listening to us with those memories and hearing our memories. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that it feels a bit like a, like a family reunion for all these playoff games. And yeah, it was, the atmosphere was fantastic. It really, you know, it's, I, I hate that. I still think this way, but like, I'm very conscious of like how the Islanders come across when they're on national TV and game three was great. Like game three showed what an Islanders playoff game could be like. It was loud. It was raucous. There were chants of asshole and all this stuff going on. And and when, you know, the it was a tense game. And then when the Islanders opened things up, it was party time. It was great. And uh, I really felt proud at that moment of like, yes, this is what it's like here. This is why we, you and I, and people listening to this, want our team in the playoffs. And when people are like, ah, why don't we, why can't the Sabres make the playoffs or the Penguins? No, you want us in the, because I guarantee you those buildings are not as loud. Well, maybe the Sabres building. But, you know, the Penguins, we know, Pipe in fake noise, or at least that's my my theory anyway. But uh, game three was great. It was it was what an Islanders playoff game should be. And following that game, uh, the Islanders got some praise, which again is not something that happens all that often. Uh, Mark Lazarus has been covering both the Rangers Devil series and this series apparently for the Athletic, and he wrote an article. I'll put a link to it in there if you get a chance to read it. Are the ugly Islanders bad for hockey? Only if you're playing against them. And that's a cheesy title, but like if you read it. <laughs> Um, you know, you can't, it's hard to come away with the, without the impression that finally somebody gets it. 
like this guy gets it. And he talks about how they play this very old school, hard nosed style. It's not pretty to watch, but it's not only what works for the team for the most part. And Kyle Clutterbuck says as much, but like we, the fans, we love it. Like we're into it. We've joked all the time about how we cheer dump it. It's like, who else does that? We, you know, we're cheering, uh, you know, killed penalties and, and hits like that's what we do. And so this team, over the last you know four or five years or you know six years i guess all things considered like has built up the reputation and the kind of style that we as islanders fans love we love that kind of stuff and when it works it's fantastic and so finally it was nice to see somebody and i'm sure i, I don't follow lazarus on twitter anymore but like i'm sure he's taking his shots at how boring they are when they play the, the blackhawks the team he usually covers um but you know, I guess finally watching within UBS Arena amongst the, the fan base kind of swayed him and got him to understand. Now, of course, if you go into the comments section, it's a bunch of people who decided to fill their diapers because man, these guys stink. And I, as I left a message, if you could find my my comment in there, you're just proving his point. <laughs> like you're just proving the guy's point that, yes, this is you might not like it, but we like it. And for the most part, the players like it. When it works, and we just, you know, obviously we spent 45 minutes earlier in the podcast telling us, saying it didn't work on Sunday, uh, but it was cool to see. Um, Also, after that game, Paul Bissonnette had to actually give the Islanders a little bit of praise. Talked about how Butch Goring's been all over him on Twitter. It was kind of funny. I don't like Biz. I will never like Biz. Uh, Butch never likes Biz. We'll never like him. I hope this isn't a put on and they're like golfing buddies or whatever, because I really do. Love the uh, the idea of Biz versus Butch and Butch always winning. Like, you can't beat Butch, you know? I mean, the guy's got four cups to uh, uh, Biz's grand total of zero. So, uh, you know, I just kind of find it funny. But, hey, good on Biz for being like, I hey, know they played really well, you know, and, and the place was rocking and, and he had some mm. nice things to say. So uh, it was cool to see. Uh, yeah. And that makes, you know, following up with Sunday's disaster much, much worse. Yeah. And the, it, I, I think I saw Mark Lazarus walking in and, I was walking around with uh, my pizza, trying to find the right bench. And uh, if if it if it had been Sunday, I would have offered him a slice. <laughs> but um, I was thinking about since I when I saw him on Friday before that article, hmm. I was thinking about just giving him the business. But it is ironic that hey, Mark, the reason that people think this way about the Islanders is almost exclusively because of the shop you work for. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, 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 like, like I get, like I, I appreciate the the article. I thought was kind. It really did hit the nail on the head of what we've been screaming into the void for so right. long. Uh, and credit where it's due, but uh, yeah, the, the reason people, the Islanders are painted, uh, you know, like some right, like a you know one of those stuffed animals you see it like in like a kid's room that has its like head shoot off and its eyeball missing and like why is that thing still around here just can you just right. throw it out and the NHL's like well we can't like there's there's mm. some sentiment there because they won four cups in a row mm. um <laughs> but uh yeah the, I thought the article was great and and, and go like going into that going back to that like family reunion the Islanders I should also note like we call them the uncles these guys because they feel like part of the family too so when you're rooting for uh casey zizekas and kyle palmieri and those guys like it's it's not they're not just like some some random players they are these guys who who we've just grown to love and they've grown to love us and the they get it they get who they're playing for like they're 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 playing for the new york islanders you and me are 
islanders like we are from long island that the the piece of geography we're from is on the crest of the team and that's why it's it's it this this game five will will be really hard to get through just because the the those guys who truly do get it um are nearing the end of their rope and no matter which way you shake it and sure like there are players who can pass the baton and stuff but it will still be a process to kind of grieve those those guys as as they are uh unceremoniously bought out or put on LTIR <laughs> or whatever however it ends for them but um let's not get ahead of ourselves yet. yeah I mean, they it, still do it have does to play on Tuesday <laughs> yeah but it does uh it 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 that that family reunion kind of feeling kind of came through in that article I thought like and and I'm I'm assuming on the broadcast that because at the game it did it it was rollicking there were hugs everywhere uh people falling over rows into each into hugs and uh, that that stuff it's it it was the best it's mm-hmm. my favorite thing to do is to go to islander playoff games right uh, when they don't when west macaulay isn't ref showing them but uh they are they're just the best when when it's good they, they're so much fun and i love it and i i i feel very uh it's not lost on me that i get to go and whatever and, and and enjoy those atmospheres but that that's why i just want them to win so badly on tuesday night and i'm not ready to give up because if they can get me back in that building and they can get everybody back in that building for game six who the hell knows like you just the only the only i think it was barry trotz had that saying where uh like now when when they went down three two to to tampa he's like we have to earn the right to to keep playing and uh the islanders have to earn that right and they have to earn the right to put us back into the seats so we can show the entire fan bases around like the NHL and the broadcasters. Like this is why the the entire reason you guys have jobs and the entire (laughs) reason this sports are the spectacle that networks pay billions and billions of dollars to broadcast only to put John fucking Bucigross in the broadcast booth for like the whole, whole reason that is happening is because ideally they look and they sound like this. This is the this is the pinnacle of it, and there's not one fan around the league that wasn't watching that game that wasn't like, "Damn, kind of wish I was an Islander fan right now," because mm. that looks like it looks like a lot of fun just to be able to to not only celebrate a goal, but simultaneously basically be flipping off the rest of the world at the same time <laughs> and telling them to shove it, because uh, that's what it is. It's just it's it's seventeen thousand people telling you to you know to stick it up where it came from you know like it, mm. and that's this fan base and the ethos of this team uh and I'll, I'll just go to my grave thinking like there's no fan base maybe in all sports that that does this better yeah than the islanders do but yeah. we don't get to do it often <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing like yeah. and maybe those two things are related mm. but at the same time they, I don't. I would like if the Islanders went on some crazy Penguins like streak. I don't think it would be lost. Uh, it, that that would go away because the the people who are now my age and maybe a little younger, a little older, won't ever, 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 ever take these games, these kind of games for granted because they were they sat through enough, you know, five two losses to the Ottawa Senators where <laughs> Daniel Afferson scores two goals when and, and the Islanders don't even come close to coming back. Uh, so yeah. it's, I don't think that that'll ever go away. And, uh, 
I just hope that we get to do it one more time come Friday night. No, but I think I think that's a good point. I and I I'm looking at the other series here and, and I'm looking at these other game, these other teams and I don't think there's another team especially in the NHL where every every win is like a middle finger to every other team. Yeah. Like it just doesn't nobody else gets that. And the Islanders do. You know, yeah. like if the if the Golden Knights win, it's not that's not how it works, you yeah, know, or, the, or the, the Jets or whoever, the Rangers or Devils. Like it's, you know, they have they have a a, a stance in the league and and the, a perception around the league that is different from what the Islanders get. And when when our team wins, and I mean we saw it two years in a row. You know, each one of those playoff runs was a giant middle finger to the rest of the NHL. <laughs> like it yeah. just it just was, you know, uh, mm-hmm. even afterwards. So and if and. The uh, the other like you watch these other games and you'll like the the wild come to to yeah. to mind for me and you're like yeah it's loud and fun in there because it's the playoffs but sure. these are Minnesota is a gigantic state and right. the Minnesota Wild are just a a team representing uh, a very you know rich hockey area mm. that's gigantic with a big city in Minneapolis or you know big for that part of the country size and. So there are there are Minnesota Wild fans in like Thief River Falls and Warroad War Road, Minnesota and Minneapolis and they're thousands and thousands of miles I don't know, hundreds of miles apart from each other, however mm. big Minnesota is. But then on Long Island, you walk like there's not a lot of us, obviously. We say that all the time, but we're all have essentially the, the, the heart of this fan base is separated mm. by you're you're like 40 miles away from the furthest islander fan like really, like like when you think about it, i know their fan bases like there are a lot of great fans we've 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 heard like pe- from people in england and mm. we have those great fan groups in like latin america but you get the point like in terms of like the the, the where the heat map is like we're all so concentrated in this one little area that i think that's part of it too is you're just almost you almost feel like you're just related to everybody and and that also applies to those people who come from England to watch a game at UBS. You're like, oh, man, like why on earth would you put yourself through this? Like just, just doing that alone makes you someone who I dearly, dearly, dearly appreciate and would love to talk to and get to know and, and welcome to this stupid, miserable <laughs> ride. Uh, but like Mike, uh, Mikey, Mike Calarco, who who's a longtime listener of ours, he lives in California now and he flew out for these two games. Like, mm, wow, he's a guy from Long Island and he understands he's he's older. He's like between us in age, mm. uh, you and I, and, and he understands what these what how special it is to go to playoff games yeah, uh, and or to be a part of the ride for these for this fan base um, because he flew across a gigantic country to do it. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> right. And, and, and that's it's just like, I don't think you can have that with a fan base from a. a a team that's just a product of because it's it makes sense to put a hockey team in this big city. It makes sense to put a team in Dallas, so we'll just put a team there. We'll call them the Stars. Good or, or a, a team that was just there for seventy years, right? Because like, they kind of ended there by after World War Two, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, Mikey. Uh, yeah, we hear from him all the time. He he understands definitely the uh, the value of a Islanders playoff game. Uh, the other thing Mikey has is uh, a very understanding wife. So uh, yeah. uh, shout out Mrs. Calarco for uh, for letting her husband go to these games uh, that are you know 
3,300 miles from where I they love live. it. But uh, yeah, no, it's great. And again, that's, that's what Islanders fans do. I would expect. And, nothing yeah, and you just hope that, like I said, cause you can't take these for granted. And the only way the Islanders can guarantee themselves another playoff game is by winning on Tuesday night. Uh, otherwise who knows, you know, it might be years and years and years before you get to do that again. Hopefully not, but Oh God. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, that, it's just, that's what, you know, that's why the, the, I feel like it means so, so much to this fan base because there is like, we've, we've lived through that before. So it's not like that far from our memories. So just dear God, right. uh, you know, without pushing everybody to the ledge here, I'm just really hoping they can do it and get us back there because I, I do think like, there is this series has had so many twists and turns and they've all been twists and turns of a knife into the Islanders spleen. But <laughs> I'm hoping that there's just like a twist and a turn here. And it feels like there are more twists and turns coming. I just hope that they just are not against the Islanders. So yeah. they can, they can get us back and we can see Zach Parisi in person at least <laughs> one more time guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, well, we have plenty of time to get into it. Like you said before, but I, I think Zach will be back. I don't think he's going anywhere. But uh, yeah, now we'll, we'll 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 shove all that for whatever happens. Uh, we will be back. Uh, we'll come back after Game Five. We'll we'll talk after Tuesday's game, uh, or on Wednesday, I should say. We'll we'll do a thing and we'll talk win or lose, and uh, and take it from there and just see where it goes. And then, then Game Six, should the Islanders win, would be Friday, uh, and then Game Seven again, if necessary, would be on Sunday. So. Uh, we'll, we'll be here, you know, I, I don't know about after every game, but we'll figure it out, but definitely, uh, we're going to record on Wednesday, uh, regardless of win or lose, uh, looking around the league, just, just real quick. Uh, yeah, the Islanders are down three, one, but so are the Florida Panthers who now have to go back to Boston. Uh, good luck with that. Uh, that was, uh, that was a, a very entertaining game today. And, uh, again, much like the Islander game, much like game three for the Islanders, um, you know, it was really close. It was, um, I think, I think three, one Boston maybe for a little while. And then. They just kind of open things up, and again, I, I think you know the Panthers can play with those guys, but you just they get no breaks, and when Boston gets the puck, they score, and that's the end of that. And apparently, Tyler Bertuzzi is a star. Who knew? Because he was playing in Detroit. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, any any uh, any quick thoughts on the uh, the rest of the games going on? There's a, a real barn burner happening in Dallas as we speak, as in Minnesota as we speak right now. Oilers and Kings are warming up. Uh, L.A. has uh, the two one lead there. Anything that kind of caught your eye? I know. I just thought it was, you know, one one of the one of the things that's that's been funny to me here is uh, uh to do our little Toronto Maple Leafs corner. Hmm. Uh, the Leafs <laughs> won. They won a game last night, in which they scored like a game tying goal and came back, and it was you know Buzz Aldrin landing on the moon. <laughs> Didn't get as wasn't as brave as hmm. those Maple Leafs last night. Um, yeah. and. There, that there, there, there's this narrative uh, that the the coach and the players kept pointing out, which was that was a game we lose every other year. Mm. And I was like, "Huh?" And of course, it got ate up. Like, you know, this is yeah. this this is this is Jeez, different. Right. this is different this year, guys. Like, listen, yeah. did you hear what Coach Sheldon said to us? Let's get that message out there. But if you go back to last year, a whole year, 11 months, actually, because the playoffs were a little later, mm. the Maple Leafs were tied in a series with the Tampa Bay Lightning, 2-2. Two, right. two. The Maple Leafs were down in that game, 2 nothing. Mm. came back, 
won game five on a late goal by William Nylander. And you know what the message was after that game? In previous years, we lose that game. (laughs) Not kidding. We've heard that before. Yeah, it's just it's outrageous that these guys think it. Uh, but yeah, they're they're up to one. It sucks, and and there's this whole kind of, like I saw Kerry Haber and the concourse after the second intermission tonight, and he said what I was thinking, and which was you know the series. I just I can't have them lose on Tuesday and and have to rest my hopes on Akira Schmidt and the the Boston Bruins yeah. <laughs> to save us. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 funny because we were watching and and Boston scored. And my wife was like, oh, that's not good. And I'm like, oh, actually, it kind of is because yeah, I yeah, we the Bruins. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I got no problem. You know, given the choice of the Leafs, Rangers, or Bruins, uh, most Islanders fans, in fact, all Islanders fans, I think, would rather take the Bruins as yep. much as we don't like them. So, yeah, we're going to need those guys. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, it, 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 as soon as you said what you said, I knew where you were going. Like, we've heard this. How many different ways? How many different <laughs> times? It's different this year. We heard it all regular season long. This, there's something different about this team. All right, well. Show us it's something different. Uh, the Leafs, by the way, were completely outplayed in game three. I know. Just managed to score that late goal and then get the, the overtime winner. So, Bolts, please, we're begging you. Come on, just make it happen, will you please? Uh, also, uh, yeah, so so that you know that's something to watch. And, and if you want to skip that game on your off day from the Islanders, I don't blame you because I definitely will as well. Uh, one other shout-out real quick before we go. Kevin James, welcome back to the land of the Islander fan. I remember watching a video of him a long time ago saying how he was a crazy Islanders fan back in his youth and uh, had gotten, kind of gotten away from the team. Well, the King of Queens is back, and uh, he's a grown-up now, and you know, blah, blah, blah. A lot of other, lot of other puns is mall cop or whatever. So good to see him there. You couldn't win for Paul Blart. I'm very disappointed, but uh, maybe he'll be back and uh, add, uh, add him to the list of Islanders, Islanders celebrity fans. He could chill out with... Uh, with Chloe Grace Moretz and uh, was was Machio there? I didn't see him. No, there. it's been really? a little disappointing. The, yeah. the 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 Jets like offensive line or whatever yeah. <laughs> were all there. And, yeah, we get the Jets, but we we haven't had any. Uh, uh, you know, there was no Leo Komarov or hmm. Maris Tchaikovsky. Right. Yeah. Uh, so Machio, this I, is on you, buddy. Yeah. If they lose, it's on you, man. Yeah. Oh, John Tonelli was there. So there yeah, go. yeah, yeah. He's been he's kind of been like the narrator of the Islanders. Uh, <laughs> uh pump hype videos so. so there you go all right well it's game five tuesday night uh we'll all be there and uh we'll see how it goes and uh yeah you gotta earn your right to keep on playing so hopefully the islanders can do that uh sign up at patreon.com slash islanders anxiety for bonus content and ad free episodes again this week you will get our uh country club atmosphere non-hockey podcast also my islanders book club is going to come out this week uh, it's about a newer book that hopefully you all went and bought because it was really good. Uh, so check that out. You can only read them and only hear them at patreon.com slash Islanders anxiety. So sign up today. Follow us on Twitter at Isles anxiety pod. Leave us a review on iTunes or Apple podcast. If you can obviously read lighthouse hockey every single day. If you are up to date Islanders news and discussion, visit vintage Use the code four cups to get a free coffee mug, pint glass or Islanders anxiety puck. When you spend $50 or more, try wines from the Pinot project, follow the fans first sports network. On Twitter at fansfirstsn, and Mike, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Read and listen to his work at Action Network. It's been a a brain clearing hour plus. Uh, any final thoughts heading into a literal do or die game five on Tuesday night in Raleigh? 
yeah, you know, I'll just kind of close it with how I started it, which is that yeah, the Islanders are are certainly up Shit's Creek, but they're not dead yet. Yeah. Um, and yeah. there's a chance here that you know you and I are talking on Wednesday, talking about a, a game six mm. of the series, and that would honestly just be wonderful. So I'm 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 holding out hope. I'm, I'm I don't really see any point in just kind of throwing up my hands and giving up right now when we should have probably given up on this team and we have <laughs> given up on this team 82 times. in the yeah, I was going to say back in 1999, Yeah, you know, but <laughs> we didn't. And now we're here. So look, if you didn't give up on this team, when Mike Milbury was yeah trading Roberto Luongo away or trading, uh, you know, doing whatever the hell he was doing uh, when they hired their backup general, their backup goalie to be the general manager when their snake oil salesman franchise savior left uh what the hell's the point of giving up on them now so no we are definitely not going to yeah we're definitely not going to eulogize a season that's not over yet and it's not so we'll see what happens (laughs) wednesday we'll 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 see and listen to record that podcast i'm gonna have to miss AEW dynamite so better win because i'm (laughs) uh but we will talk to you after game five enjoy it do what you got to but uh yeah buckle up because uh this might be it all right thank you very much for listening And we'll talk to you later. All right, bye-bye.